0: Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in La Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com. Now, enjoy this week's episode. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Awesome. You guys are doing great. My prayer, my hope is that God will just continue to write these verses, uh, this verse on our hearts and minds. This is the truth. This is the truth. I know it's hard to say, but I'll say it for myself. Apparently, life's not all about me. It's kind of a bummer sometimes. I'd really like it to be all about me, and life would be so much easier for me if everybody would just get on board with me. But it's not about me. It's about Christ, who gave himself for me. The life we live right now, it's all about Christ. What he's done for us. And I get it, you know. I love it when life's all about me. I really do. I love it when life's all about me. I love to be right. I'm serious. I really, I love to be right. I have always loved to be right. Like, since I was a kid, I have loved to be right. Um, and and that, that desire for me to want to be right, like, all the time with everyone has created some serious headaches and heartaches with other people in my life. And, and I'll confess that like, my desire to be right sometimes means that I trample right over somebody else if I'm gonna be right. And so for a long time in our family, we've had kind of a joke rule, kind of serious, kind of a joke that I'm allowed to be right once a month. Just, just, just the one time, once a month I can be right, you know, and, that, and, and that's about it, okay, uh, right once a month, it's really a bummer if I use that up early in the month, you know, because I'll be like, I'm right, and Heidi will say, oh, what a bummer, used it all up, <laughs> now you're done for the month, embarrassing. I guess it's all me all right all the time. <laughs> she never says that. She never does. She's way too humble for that. But you know that's the thing is like I love to be right so often that I want to make myself right. That I want to be the right one. I, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. Somebody could like pull out Google, look it right up and be like, "No, Jay, you're wrong." And I'm like, "No, I'm I'm right. Google's wrong." I'm so often convinced that, that I could make myself right. But the truth is, when it comes to our, not just our relationships with each other, but also our relationship with God, try as we may, we cannot be right all the time. And we can work really, really hard at doing the right thing, at saying the right thing, at, and, 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 then, and just trying to do that every day, all day long. And what do you know? No matter how hard do we try to be right, to do the right thing every single time, man, we fall short. We're in the middle, you know, not even, not quite in the middle of Paul's letter um, to the church in Galatia, of the letter of Galatians, and so we're going to jump into uh, Galatians chapter three. We're just going to tackle the first part, you know, or the first half of chapter three, uh, and we're going to hear what God says to us about being right, about righteousness and justification and, and how this actually happens, and kids, okay, I realize I'm just going to say this from the very top of the, you know, thing. Most of you have been raised with this knowledge to not call people names. Okay? Am I right? Don't call people names. Good. So when the Bible starts off and says something that's not licensed for you to go home and use the same language towards your siblings okay? This is not, that's not okay. You can't just say, well, God said it. Well, the Apostle Paul said it. Not okay. Okay, you ready? Galatians 3, starting in verse 1, reading in Jesus' name. Oh, foolish Galatians. Please, guys, don't go home and just start calling each other foolish, okay? Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? He's just got to double down on that foolishness, doesn't he? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected in the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain, Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith, who are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now, it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. Here ends the reading of God's word. O foolish Galatians! And everybody else who tries to work their way to heaven. That's the truth. You see, because for each and every person who is trying to earn their way to heaven, who is trying to earn their way into a a right relationship with God, it's just going to be repeated failure. It's foolish. It's foolishness to do something that God has clearly said, hey, that's not the way to do it. Oh, Galatians, and oh, everybody else, we're foolish. We're foolish when we try to live by the works of the law, even though we know over and over and over again, no matter how hard we try to do the right thing, to be right all the time, we fail. We fall short. We sin. Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? That, that word there is really interesting because it's a word for um, to be, have a spiritual to be spiritually deceived or to have a spiritual spell put on someone. And you know, I know that's kind of weird. And so it's this sense in which like, hey, Who is spiritually deceiving you to make you think that once you started your relationship with Christ by the Spirit, that once you started your relationship with God by grace through faith, who has like spiritually deceived you to think that now that you're saved, you got to like work your way to stay in or work your way to get a little cleaner because it's this sense in which, God himself demonstrated to them that Jesus Christ was crucified for them. So, uh, when we have in verse, in verse, t- in verse 2 or, or verse 1, it was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Uh, the, the church in Galatia is a long way from Jerusalem. It's not saying that they themselves were, were present at um, Skull Hill, Golgotha, Gal- Calvary, when, when Jesus Christ was crucified. Rather, actually, that's a reference to, it could be a reference to um, art being present in, in, in that church at that time. Time, or potentially, you know, there was plenty of uh, of times in in church gathering places where we have archaeologists have, have recovered like crosses or, um, painted on the on the walls or something along those lines. So it, it's very. It's quite possible that either like Paul was describing the crucifixion to them in such great detail that it really comes to life in their minds as being por- Christ being portrayed or, or quite possible the use of artwork. Um, and this is probably one of the earliest mentions of it. And, and so w- what, what we get from the, from, the, from the text is that it all starts with Christ and what he did for us. And are we so foolish to have started by this relationship with God, by the spirit, to think that we like somehow progress in that relationship by doing the works of the law. And so like, it's this concept of, you know, of looking at it and just saying, how do we do this? Well, it's kind of like this. Who's a believer in Jesus Christ? Okay. Do you feel like it all the time? Occasionally, maybe there's a Sunday when you come in and, and you see the banner and you says, you are forgiven. And you're like, I don't feel forgiven. Do you know what I did this morning? <laughs> you come in sometimes and you say to yourself, you see, you are valued. And you're like, you know what? I don't feel valued. I don't feel valued by God. I don't feel valued by people in my life and you hear the worship leader, whether it's Becker or somebody else, and and they say that you are loved, do you always feel that way? No. You don't, I don't. And so we live in this tension that we, that we know that what we've done is we've fallen short of the glory of God. And when we know that we have sinned, when we know that we have sh- fallen short of His perfect standard, that if, that if, we, if we're going to live by the law, we've got to do it, and we've got to do it perfectly. When we recognize and realize that we haven't done it, That's when we struggle to feel loved, valued, and forgiven. And so what do we do with that? We live in this tension. It's not an invitation for us to like, well, you better try harder next time. You better try harder next time. It's kind of like I'm... I'm sure I've said it in the past. I just absolutely think about it and I cringe You know, when I, when, I, when I think about, like, have you ever heard someone say, well, God is the God of second chances? Man, I hope not. That's terrible. Like, if God is the God of second chances, I'm toast because I'm th- positive that I left that second chance back there like decades ago. I don't know what chance I'm on now, you know, like the umpteenth thousandth chance to like get it right. And every time I do try to live according to the law, I'm still not getting it right. Because even when I do do things that are according to the law, I, my selfish motives are revealed. It happened this week. And Jerry didn't even know it. I know, Jerry, this is a rough, this is a rough sermon series for us. Like, man, I'm like talking about Jerry, poor Jerry. He's like, I am moving, you know, I am tired of being Pastor Jay's neighbor. We know the law. The law says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. I don't even get past the first one because I know that I don't love the Lord my God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I fall short there. Not only that, but even my best attempts at loving my neighbor fall short as well. It was a windy day after, uh, you know, on, on trash day. It was a little windy, you know? And so I got home early, earlier than Jerry. And me, being the guy who loves my neighbor, I decided to not just bring my wind-blown trash can up to the house, but I decided to do it for some of my neighbors as well. Jerry didn't even call to say thank you. Like, what's up? But Jerry had no idea it was me. But, yeah, well, so you took all the credit, Kathy? <laughs> Kathy's like, oh, he thought it was me, so I just took that's fine. Yeah, that's great. But here's the other kicker. I don't even know if I did it right because like I don't even know where his trash can goes. I've lived next to him for six over six years. I have no idea where I should be putting his trash can. So in my effort to do it right, did I even put it on the right side of the garage? Put it in front of the garage. Thank you. <laughs> You see, we do these things, and we're like, oh, love our neighbors, that's ourselves. I would love it if my neighbor brought my, you know, trash can up, so I'm going to do it. But then even then, we fall short. Because ne- next week's going to come along, and I'm not going to remember to bring his up. I'm not going to love my neighbor as myself. We love our neighbors occasionally, you know, as the opportunity arises, if it fits into my schedule. That's mostly how we love our neighbors and as we do we recognize that we fall short and so when the scriptures say in Derudim, you know that that we if we're going to live by the law we got to do it we're in trouble but if we believe the gospel that we are made right with God by faith. Just like Abraham, not Abraham Lincoln, like Abraham, Abraham, like Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham, that Abraham, okay? Just as Abraham, in verse 6, believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. So, this word, let's kind of look at this. Um, So, What happened with with Abraham is Abraham didn't do a bunch of things and God said, oh, you're a good guy. No, he didn't say, you're all right with me. No, our relationship with God is like Abraham's in which Abraham believed God and then God counted it to him as righteousness. So let's look, deal with that whole counted it to him. That is imputed righteousness. That's, that's righteousness that is imputed to us, or it, I, think the, uh, I think it's King James that uses the word reckoned, that it was reckoned to him as righteousness, or uh, some translations will use the word credited to us as righteousness. So in other words, if, if, if we can't be made right with God, this righteousness, by our works because we keep messing them up, we need another way to be right with God. And so therefore, God credits it to our account by grace through faith. And so when you're believing in Jesus and you said, yes, yeah, you're believing in Jesus and we all know that you're not perfect. Oh, was that, was I not supposed to say that? Oh, shoot. Yeah, we all know you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. And so the way in which we're made right with God or righteousness, credited him to as righteousness. Righteousness, there's a couple of ways we can, you know, look at this. We can look at it as like me, where I like to be right all the time, but I'm not, right? Or right relatedness. So if you ever, if you ever kind of get into a conflict, not with your wife, not you guys, I mean other people who, who may get into a conflict with their spouse, And Or if you ever have like a disagreement with your parent where they're not parenting you the way that you like to be parented, not you guys, I mean other people, you know, that never happens in your households, just those other households, they need Jesus, so do you. (laughs) So in the middle of one of these conflicts with someone that you love, and as you resolve that conflict... We want to bring that relationship back to a place like, hey man, are we good? Like we okay? Are we good? Or if I really disappoint you as your pastor, and I will, I promise. If I haven't hurt your feelings already, if I haven't if I haven't sinned against you already, don't worry. Just give it a little time. I probably will. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it intentionally. I just say and do sinful things sometimes. And I'm sorry for that. But if I do. Please, please come tell me so that I can apologize to you, so that I can confess my sin, and so that we could be made right or righteous in our relationship, right? And as we do, this righteousness, this right relationship, the right relationship that that Abraham was talking about is this right relationship with God, That God looks at us as righteous, not because of what anything that we've done, but because of what Christ has done for us. That the righteousness of Christ gets imputed or credited to our account. It's kind of like we have this bank account with God, and we are, are like so far in debt that we will never be able to pay that sucker off. And so what God does, by grace through faith, is God sent His one and only Son to be our Savior. And Jesus Christ, when He died on the cross, He took away all of our sin debt. Okay? It's completely wiped clean all of our sin debt completely wiped clean. And then he goes even further because he imputes Christ's righteousness to our account. And so he takes all of the righteousness of Christ, all the right, perfect relationship that Christ has with the Father, he then credits to your account. That's called imputed righteousness. And he does that by grace through faith. It's a gift. And so when we're believing in him, not only does he take away all of the sin, but he also gives us all of this rightness, right right relationship, this, you know, righteousness to you, to me, for every single one who's believing. It's this great, you know, kind of two-part deal, and it all happens through faith. Know then, verse 7, that it is those of faith who are sons of Abraham pause, just kind of take that little sons of Abraham and like throw it into next week. Pastor Nick's going to talk about, you know, children of Abraham and stuff like that and how that, you know, all wraps in. Verse 8, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify, justify the, the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham. Isn't that cool? Like every time God proclaims promise to anyone at any time period, all the way back to Abraham, all the way to Today. Whenever God is proclaiming promise, he's preaching the gospel. Preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. That's us. Yeah, we're all the nations. Um, In Abraham, there's a lot of kids here. Um, Yeah. We'll do this one in a couple of weeks. When I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll come back to this in a couple of weeks in November. We've got a week where we're gonna, where it's, it's gonna be fairly um, graphic in the Book of Galatians. You know, the Bible is not, it's not G-rated. I'm sorry, that's the way God wrote it. Okay. I, I, and I could just cover it over and everything else and just smooth it out. But like in, in a few weeks, we're going to take a week. We're going to have extra child care so that if you don't want to talk about circumcision and um, and, this, this, and the seed of Abraham and stuff like that, if you, know, you, know, if you don't want to talk about that with your kids yet, that's fine. And we're going to have some extra child care in a couple of weeks, okay? So we're just going to take that whole like, in, in you all the nations shall be blessed. We're going to put that, you know, until in a, in a couple of weeks. Does that sound cool? Yeah? Give me a nod if that sounds cool good all right where to go So then those who are of faith that's that's us if we're believing are blessed along with Abraham the man of faith for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse for it is written cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written uh, in the book of the law and do them Cursed. I um, I I planned this message series out a long time ago, and I picked out a um, a call to worship for today out of Deuteronomy, and um and and Sue so graciously um, said, "Hey, are you sure you want the call to worship? It seems a little different than usual." Um, And it is from Deuteronomy twenty. It says, "Cursed it be anyone who does not confirm all the words of this law by doing them and all the people shall say, yeah. The, the problem is it's in a context in which it basically just talks Cursed it be this, curse it be this person, curse it be this person. If you're interested, go take a look into uh, Deuteronomy 27 and you'll be like, whoa, it is not G-rated. Because <laughs> that passage is yeah, it's definitely not G-rated. You see, the problem is that we, if we're not going to live and do everything by the law, then we are cursed. We're cursed to death. We're cursed to eternal separation from God. We're cursed to damnation. And all of those curses come and fall on us if we're going to try to earn our right relationship with God by doing the right thing all the time cursed, but Jesus. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified. Remember, uh, justified means that God looks at us justified, never sinned. Okay? I know you don't always feel like it, but justified, never sinned. Now, it is evident that no one is made right with God or justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. If we want to have a right relationship with God, if we want to be right with Him, it's not by living according to the law. It's living by faith. It's trusting in God and what he's done for us. But, by, but the law is not of faith, verse 12. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Verse 13, Christ redeemed us From the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. You see, we know that we can't be made right with God by doing the law, by obeying the law, because we keep messing it up. Okay, let's see if I can get through. I gotta, I got I gotta preach. <laughs> I gotta preach quick now. <laughs> okay, so by by faith, what happened is Jesus Christ, he took the curse, our curse. So that means that Jesus Christ, when he hung on the cross, when he died for us, when he was crucified. He became our curse. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That verse was written for Jesus Christ. And so that each and every time when we look at God's law and we say, man, I felt short. When we look at these statements of you are forgiven, you are valued, you are loved, and we say, I don't feel that way. Then every single time we can look at the cross of Jesus Christ who took our curse from us and became that curse, and when he died on the cross, he took that curse and he abolished it and conquered it, and it is gone forever. And you now receive a right relationship with God, not based upon what you do or what you think or what you say, but based upon the finished, accomplished work of Jesus Christ for you. Believe it. This is not a license to sin just as much as I told the kids they can't go home and like, start ta- calling each other foolish. We, too, we can't just kind of leave from here and just go live willy-nilly however we want to. But in this process in which we, we are living and we're striving in our relationship with the Lord and you know, we're wanting to be right, but we fall short, we can know every step of the way that it is by faith that we are made right with the Lord. And I think that kind of helps me get back to another little thing. You see, it's not just that I'm only allowed to be right once a month. But I have another little saying that helps me remember my place in this whole rightness. Is that relationships are more valuable than being right. Relationships are more valuable than being right. It is far more important, it's far more important for me to maintain my relationship with you than to argue how right I am all the time. It is far more important in our relationship with God to recognize that I'm not right and that He declares me right. He imputes Christ's righteousness to my account. And our rightness, our relationship is based on His rightness, not based upon me doing it right or saying it right or thinking it right. Our righteousness is a gift from the Lord, and it happens through faith. So today, as God looks at you, He is overjoyed with you. He looks at you, and He says, oh, we have such a great relationship. It's all right. It is all right. God looks at you and he says, we are all right. Not because of what you've done, but because of what Christ has done for you. And now we get to go live in that right relationship with the Lord and with each other. Okay? If you got stuff in your relationships, please bring it to the Lord first. And then bring it to each other. And remember it's not about you being right. It's about Christ declaring you righteous. We got this stuff in our relationships all over the place. God wants our first relationship to be made right with Him. And then He starts making us right with each other. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we confess to you we're not right. We want to be, and actually, God, I confess to you that I think I'm right all the time, but you know that I'm not. And so, Lord God, as we confess our unrightness, we thank you. For declaring us righteous, for imputing Christ's righteousness to us, for giving it to us and crediting it to our account, because our account is in miserable sin debt without you. And so we thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for becoming the curse for us, for taking that curse and conquering it on the cross. For taking away all of our sin debt and for giving us all of your righteousness. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because you are the one who gives us this faith to believe who you are and what you've done for us. Help us in our relationships, Lord God. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen.